Hey friends, welcome to Wild Confidence Podcast, where we help one another find, keep, and share our confidence in Christ. I'm your host, Ainsley B. It's an honor to bring you some inspiring conversations with amazing guests. Before we hear today's conversation, I want to kindly ask if you'd leave a five-star review and share this episode with a friend who might like it. I'd also love to connect on Instagram, so find me at Ainsley B. Okay, I can't wait anymore. Let's get to know our guest. Amber L.B. Swenson, author of Chosen for More, Just As You Are, is here with us today. Amber is a wife, mother, speaker, and author of four books, as well as a blogger and regular contributor to a number of popular Christian organizations and outlets. Today, we're going to talk about spiritual gifts, and I can't wait for you to hear this conversation. Let's meet Amber. Miss Amber L.B. Swenson, welcome to Wild Confidence. I'm so excited to get to talk to you today. Thanks. It's super exciting to be here. Okay. So we've kind of already talked off, um, recording (laughs) a little bit about parenthood and all of those things, but you have recently written a book and called chosen for more, right? Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. The idea is that, you know, we all, I think a lot of us struggle with the idea that we're not doing anything great in the kingdom. You know, we all want to be, you know, something special for God. And yet we think that, oh, unless I'm you know, Phil Wickham, or unless I'm a great preacher, or unless I'm this amazing woman of God, who's touching a million lives, maybe I'm not doing anything and nothing is further from the truth. So the idea behind the book is just showing that even the people in the Bible that God used, they weren't anything amazing or special until God plucked them out of their ordinary Mm. and put his hand on them and said, Hey, just serve right here, right, right where you're at, do it. And, um, you know, and I tried to put it in everyday terms that we all understand. Like for instance, Esther, I named her chapter. I didn't ask for this job. (laughs) I mean, how many times don't we find ourselves in situations like they're like, Hey, I need a Sunday school teacher at, at, at church. And you're like, Hmm. Not really what I was thinking. Like, I want to head something. I want to be the leader of something. Like, do you need a leader for a women's group? And they're like, actually we need a Sunday school teacher. Yeah. You're like, I didn't ask for this job. And yet when you like Mordecai, who was standing beside her going, Hey girlfriend, you got to step up. Like you're here. Mm -hmm. This is your place. Like you've got to do this. When you actually follow God's lead, instead of always having to have your own idea of where you need to go, Mm -hmm. tremendous blessing. So the point of the book is just really taking five very ordinary people, Peter, the fisherman, the woman at the well, Mm-hmm. I mean, who nobody in her town would have picked her. Like yes. if, if they would have said, Hey, the Messiah is coming, pick one person from the town. You guys vote, pick that person to go meet him and be, you know, the person who reports back to us. I guarantee she wouldn't have even made the top five. Yeah. Like, but God chooses these incredibly ordinary people and says, look, I can use you just right where you're at. You don't have to go to Africa. You don't have to go to Thailand you can use, he can use you in your neighborhood, in your church. And I needed that because I was a stay at home mom for many, many years. And I thought, how can God use me? And, you know, he just shows you, he can use you right where you're at. So that's the point behind the book. I wanted to make it very accessible in terms of it's not, I have other books that I've written that are, you know, deep, really um, heavy Bible studies, not heavy as in can't get through them, but just like, let's dive deep. Mm-hmm. This is a much different feel. This is that anybody can pick up 
let's just get the basic points. And then at the end of the chapters, I was like, if you want to go deeper, here you go. Yeah. So that was the idea. There's more. I love this so much because I think it's so um, crucial, especially like today. I feel yeah. like whenever, a lot of times, whenever you think of serving, you automatically think of platform yep. or something like you said, the leadership role, whenever right. that. And honestly, if you are in that leadership role, if you're looking at Jesus's leadership, he's washing feet, you know, like it, it's the, the leader becomes the servant. So it's just yes. this, these roles that we've glorified, you know, absolutely. And in fact, I, I think every week I have conversations with people who are so upset at leadership, not necessarily in the church, but, you know, just at work or whatever, sure. because leaders do not understand that concept. Right. We expect our leaders in the secular world to be the leaders that we have in the church that are bent on serving, like really looking out for it. And when, when we go into the secular world and leaders aren't like that at all, we're like, Hey, this isn't leadership leadership, is, but we forget mm-hmm. that that's God's people. And we live so differently, but yeah, absolutely. And I, I can't say enough. I started teaching Sunday school when my daughter was three, my firstborn was three. And I really attribute my vast knowledge of the Bible to my years of teaching Sunday school. I'm still teaching Sunday school. The fact that I have to dig in every week in these lessons in order to teach them, I've learned so much. And now I enjoy passing that on, but that was because week after week after week, I was digging into the word Mm. to be able to teach the basic truths of the Bible. Mm -hmm. So taking these small little jobs in the church, they are training you for a time when you have a bigger platform. So, you know, as God said, you know, don't despise small things. That's where it's at. It's the every day or the habitual going back to the word that is, you know, really getting that ingrained in you so that you can give that to other people. Yeah. Speaking of small things, you have a podcast called little things, right? Yeah. Yeah. This has become almost the, the theme of my life. I see it everywhere. Because again, we, we tend to focus on and want the big things, right? Yeah. Yeah. We, when we make goals, you know, January 1st, you have your goals and what are they? They're these huge, phenomenal, big, huge steps. But the fact is we never get to big goals without little steps. And too often we avoid really concentrating and putting into the, putting the work into the little things that are the things that make the huge difference. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the whole idea of my podcast every week, we air one at time of grace that, you know, is like, Hey guys, think of how this little change of thinking can make a huge impact in your life. I just recorded one on skincare. Oh, so nice. that's huge for women, right? Yeah. Huge for women. It wasn't yeah. for me. I was always super low maintenance until the last year when I started getting old and <laughs> I was like, I've got to look into the skincare thing. There, there's something to this. And so I did. And as I was, I had this clay mask on and, you know, the clay mask was drying and I was seeing all the pores in my, in my whole face. Yeah. And I thought, wouldn't it be cool if we could do this to our heart and see all the impurity, like 
think about, and, and God said, you know, in, in Psalm 51, we're told, create in me a pure heart, oh God. Mm-hmm. In that Psalm, David says, blot out my iniquity, wash me. It's skincare, man. It's the same thing. <laughs> and so I just went through the, you know, think of what you do with your skincare routine. And now think about doing that using God's word to your heart. Think about mm. the exfoliation process of bringing your impurities to light. Just really thinking, where am I selfish? Where am I being impatient in my yeah. family life at work, whatever? So I take very ordinary things like skincare. Yeah. And just try to apply that biblically so that when we're putting that clay mask on next time, we're also saying, okay, God, like bring my impurity to the surface. Let me see it so that I can deal with it and glorify you more. Mm -hmm. Gosh, it's so funny that you say that because I also didn't really ever care about skincare until probably last month. (laughs) And I'm like, I wonder what I should be using. I wonder what I should be doing. And then I started kind of using that time. Well, I used to do it with makeup. Like I'd put on my makeup and I'd put on the armor of God while I'm putting on my makeup. And I would think about like, I'm putting on my war paint, you know, to go into the day and to fight spiritual warfare and all of that. But, but that, and I still think that that's a really good, you know, application and thing to do but it's a different idea, right? I'm preparing to go into battle, but then what you're saying, the preparation for purification or the process of purification. Ooh, I've just really loved how you can take these ordinary things that you do every single day and bring the Lord into them. You know, everyone talks about how not everyone, I guess, but a lot of people say how difficult spiritual disciplines can be to be consistent with. But I'm like, yes, but that's why you bring God into your every single day. You don't, you don't have to, I mean, it's wonderful to be able to sit down and meditate and just totally soak in the word, but also you can repeat the word as you're doing your everyday things, prayer walks, washing your face, putting on makeup, like all of these. Things. So I just, Ooh, woo, woo, woo. I love what yeah, you're saying. And then, <laughs> and then it brings the word to life in a whole different way because you know, Paul's admonishment to us, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm. I use that passage and I'm like, think about how much we do out of selfish ambition and vain conceit. And, you know, just the fact that we are so worried about our skincare, but not the condition of our heart, selfish Mm. ambition and vain conceit right there. I mean, wow. So yes, little things has become a huge thing. And the, and I started this podcast a year and a half ago and I see little things everywhere now, you know, little things that we can do that really make us know and love God more is it's all about little tiny things. It's not about huge, huge things. Yeah. Which is so opposite to what we hear from the world. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, but that's also where, um, I think we get the tension. I think that's where a lot of Christians feel unfulfilled because they don't see this huge monumental change overnight. But if you look Mm. at the disciples, look at, look at Peter, look at the apostle Peter. He did not, even by the time Jesus had died, he was still, he he was denying. He know, he knew Jesus. This was three years after following him. Mm -hmm. He was still denying. He was still so scared that a, a servant girl was making him deny his Lord who he just had promised that he would go to death with. So, I mean, I think what what we need to see as we study the Bible is that, you know, we're never going to reach perfection. 
It's a matter mm-hmm. of walking with God and, and taking the time every day to be with God and enjoying the slow things that he's revealing to us, the small things today in this season. Every time you read the Bible, you get different things out of it because you're in a different season. Mm-hmm. What I saw and underlined in my Bible when I was 20, those aren't the same things that I'm underlining in my Bible today because now I have children who are 20. Right. And so I'm seeing it so differently. And God is so gracious and so patient to keep us going on these small little journeys of discovery. And, and the Bible is so rich mm-hmm. and, and God is so rich that we can never get to the end of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I love that. I was actually thinking of the Bible study Seamless by Angie Smith. She, I love this study. I take so many people through it because she actually learned how to read the Bible and the Bible stories from children's Bibles. Like she went to the children's Bible section and that's how she learned. So whenever you're talking about Sunday school and these small beginnings and all of these things, when you really think about the impact that those little things can have, I'm thinking about her Bible study that I have walked so many friends through and with, and it changed my life. And that is, it's just, I don't even know Angie Smith. It's not like my friend wrote this Bible study. So I'm reading it because it's my friends. I'm a totally, total stranger to her. And yet look what her small beginning impacted in my life. And then the ripple effect that it had just in with one person. So I really love that too, how it's so silly for us to think, Oh, unless I'm talking to 800 people at a time, I'm not making a difference. Mm -hmm. No, you having a Bible study with 10 or 20 women and getting deeply involved with them and that changing their life and them going on to be different mothers and different wives and different readers of the Bible and them going on to impact the people in their life. You are making a bigger impact by doing small things. Mm. I have thought so many times about, I've taught Sunday school for 18, 18 years now. I don't know how many children I've impacted. I have no idea. And if those children, if even half of them perfectly, so many more still follow God and raise Christian families and bring their children to church. Can you imagine the impact that has had on the kingdom for being in the word, studying the word, teaching the word to children for 18 years. That's no Mm. small thing. That's a big thing. And it's right in front of me. Yeah. If you have ever heard any guest on this podcast and thought, wow, I want a relationship with the Lord like they have. I want to show you a field guide where you can. How to Connect with the Lord Field Guide is available to you by checking out, it's on my website, so ainsleybritton.com. And if you go to the tab that says field guides, you can access this course. It is packed full with information and wisdom on how to connect with the Lord and reintroduce yourself to Him. It is so time to reignite your relationship with the Lord. And He is just ready and willing with wide open arms. I'm so excited for you. Check out that film guide. I think this position that you are um, kind of showing us how to posture ourselves in really speaks to your giftings of mm-hmm. stewarding what the Lord has just taught you. And yeah, I, do you, I, I'm trying to think of just like, 
all these spiritual gifts that we can steward yeah. well in in our small beginnings so that they do yeah. make this lasting impact. Um, and I know that I've previously talked about spiritual gifts quite a bit. I am in a mentorship group with the um, a prophecy group that I really want to focus on stewarding that gift well and properly and carefully and all of those things. So I've talked a little bit about that, but I just kind of want to take it back to a beginner level. Since we're talking about little things, yeah. let's start from the, the little lessons of spiritual gifts and yeah. then kind of take it further. Can you share what they even are? Yeah. So, so the spiritual gifts get really confused with fruit of the spirit and it's Ooh, not yeah. the same thing. So in Galatians, we're to- told about the fruit of the spirit, you know, which is the love, joy, peace. Those mm-hmm. are things that are given to every Christian. So mm-hmm. those are not unique to us. Yeah. I might have more peace or more gentleness than the next person, but gentleness, faithfulness, all these gifts, they're given to all of us. Those are not unique to you or to me. The fruit of the spirit is available for any Christian, you know, who's, who, who believes in Jesus. Those are the fruit of the spirit. So first of all, I want to differentiate that the fruit of the spirit is very different than gifts of the spirit. So then there's also Christian responsibilities, which are things that all of us have. We're all called to serve. We're all Mm -hmm. called to support ministry. Those are things um, that each of us are expected to do. We're also supposed to care for the poor and the elderly. We're supposed to, you know, teach and admonish people about the truth of the word. So those are things we can all do. Spiritual gifts are not talents. So they're not things like natural ability and they're not things that you go to college for. Mm -hmm. So you might have the spiritual gift of teaching and you may go to college to learn how to teach more. That's just learning how to use your spiritual gift better. But a gift for teaching is something that the Holy Spirit has given you to use in God's kingdom. So Mm -hmm. it is specifically given by the Holy Spirit and it is specifically given to use in God's kingdom. So you can be a great teacher and teach at a, at a public school. And that's very different than using a gift of teaching, which is teaching God's word. So I have the gift of teaching and I didn't know it until someone else brought it out on me. Uh, my pastor recognized it. The man who the staff minister who asked me to teach Sunday school, I said to him, I'm not, I'm not trained as a teacher. Like, and he's like, Amber, you are phenomenal with children. You are patient with them. Like give it a whirl. And my pastor, when I wanted to start a women's Bible study, I said, listen, I'll write the material. You teach it. And he's like, Amber, no, you teach it. Like a woman teaching women is so much more effective than me standing in front of them, teaching it. And you can do this. And I had several people praying for me, you know, and, and that type of thing. Bottom line is there's different spiritual gifts. There's spiritual gifts of teaching. Um, they include is speaking is what we call them. They include things like um, encouraging, teaching, preaching. Um, and you might think, well, encouraging isn't really a speaking gift. It is. If you've ever had anybody speak encouragement over you or yes. send you a card that is encouraging, that is a spiritual gift that not everyone has. So we should not think for a minute that that isn't um, uh, a speaking gift, but Mm -hmm. it's also um, knowledge. People who have the knowledge of the Bible, people who um, 
know the Bible well. Wisdom is a spiritual gift. Applying the truths of the Bible, that's wisdom. So there are prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, those who encourage, those who share their wisdom and knowledge. And there's also serving gifts. And those are the things like the people who are really good at giving. So I have a friend who was, um, she had a very good job her entire life. She was phenomenal in the secular world. And she has given so much money for programs and behind the scenes. Like that is her giving. That's her gift because she knows like she's not a good teacher. She knows like encouragement isn't necessarily her thing, but boy, when she sees something and she's like, we need a program for this. And by the way, I just wrote out a check, Mm. you know, giving is her thing. Leadership, administration, hospitality, huge serving Mm -hmm. with hospitality, man, that's Christians have been known for that. Um, And faith, the gift of faith is a serving gift. So the people who have the gift of faith are those when you're sitting in like a committee meeting and you're like, man, um, our budget looks grim and I don't know how this is going to happen. And that person is like, we're going to trust God. We're going to trust God. We're going to ask God. We're going to trust and directs you back to God and reminds you that he can do the impossible. So the serving gifts even include um, those people who have this incredible faith. And so the question is, how do we know which gifts we have? And that's really a big thing. So I talk about little things a lot, but I think so many times we want to serve everywhere at church. So anywhere we're asked, we go and we're like, yes, I can be in the choir. Yes, I can serve on that committee. Yes, I will provide lunch for that funeral. Yes, I will do this. And when we really understand our gifts, it changes. A friend of mine taught this. We actually wrote a a book on the fruit of the spirit. It was called In God's Orchard. And she was telling me she wrote the chapter on joy. And she said, Amber, think about the things at church that you're asked to do that you just cringe like before you go. And yeah, I can tell you right now what those are. Like I was asked to bring a pie for a pastor's meeting and my pie turned out horrific. Like I can tell you that every time they're like, all right, who's going to bring this, you know, these dishes. I'm like, seriously, she's like, you know why you feel that way? Cause that's not your gift. You leave that for the women who have the gift of hospitality and you will find so much more joy. So then I did a spiritual gift inventory, which they're out there free on the internet. You can Google it. And um, it's just like 50 or 75 questions. You answer it and it will tell you what your gifts are and mine are teaching and shepherding. And when I saw that, I was like, amen, that's what I love (laughs) to do. If I can show people the right way I can right now, I'm teaching teens. I'm, I'm teaching the high schoolers. That's my vibe. Like I am in all my glory. I don't, I don't begrudgingly get out of bed to go teach these guys. I'm hopping out of bed. I can't wait to tell Mm -hmm. them what I've learned this week in the Bible. And so I think if we, if we find out our spiritual gifts and we, we really tune into those. And at the same time, we don't try to do the things that other people are gifted to do. So if we're doing somebody else's job, we're taking that job away from them. And so when we, kind of get in tune to what, how are we gifted? And we stay in our lane while encouraging other people to find out how they're gifted and do what they want to do, man, there's pure joy in serving then. And that's when the body is really functioning 
like at its highest capacity. Yeah. I love that. I was trying to look for my, I did like a little spiritual gifts assessment a while back and I, I can't find it right now, but I feel like now I want to go and just refresh and be like, what are they all? What absolutely, how can I really play into my strengths in these gifts? Because man, I think that we will find joy in the little things whenever we are doing the little things that make us so happy. And you'll also find the opposite. You'll find stress when you're Mm. asked to do things that are out of your wheelhouse. Yeah. You know, I'm not a terrific singer. I love to sing. I'm not a terrific singer. I've been in the choir for years because I can, you know, blend in with the people next to me, but I'm not the one to direct the choir. I can't. (laughs) I'm not gifted like that. You know, I'm not going to sing everybody's parts because I couldn't. Mm -hmm. And, and knowing that takes all the, you know, stress out of, Nobody's going to ask me to direct the choir, nor am I going to offer. I know where I serve best and I'm yeah. going to stick there. Which takes a level of self-awareness that we should all Huge. also be striving for. Yeah. And I think the other thing too, is that we need to be encouraging one another. So for instance, um, so my colleague at Time of Grace, Bruce Becker, wrote a book called Gifted for More. And we actually sold them together, Chosen for More and Gifted for More. Oh, cool. set. And his was on the the gifts of the spirit. And, you know, as I was reading his book, I was sending texts to my friends. So when I came to the part of hospitality, I was texting my friends who are amazing in hospitality. And I was saying, you excel at this. I hope you know that you rock this. And I want you to continue doing what you're doing. When I got to the encouragement portion, I was sending texts. I'm like, you do this all the time. You have encouraged me so many times. Do you know that this is your gift? (laughs) And when we can do that for each other, so often we just go through life and we're like, I don't know. I don't know if God even gave me anything. I'm just trying to do my part. He did. And we need to identify so we can use them. It's so funny that you just said that whole bit, because as you were listing them, I literally was writing down, encourage the gift of encouragement, Aaron, wisdom, Bethany, giving, yeah. you know, like I'm, I'm sitting yes. here listening to you, like in real time, writing down people's names next to the yeah. strength. Cause I want to go back and text them and be like, Hey, I don't know if you're aware of this, but I think you have this incredible gift. Mm-hmm. So I love that you said that because I literally was doing it. That's so funny. Yeah. And I and hope we that- have to. Yeah, we have to because Satan works super that. hard. Satan works super hard to tell us you are nothing mm-hmm. or God forgot you or God can't use your gift or um, who do you think you are? Oh, you think you're a teacher? Mm, I don't think so, honey. I saw you mm-hmm. lose your temper with your children the other day or whatever. Mm. And so the body, you know, in, in the book of Hebrews, we're told to encourage one another daily. And so we do need to be encouraging each other. And as we identify these gifts, we have to be pointing them out because Satan wants nothing more than to stop the church from growing, stop us from preaching God's word. Yeah. Do you think that like shame silences the gifts? Is that what you think could be happening? Like if we're, if we're listening to the enemy's lies, is that kind of suppressing the gifts? I think that we have too much noise Mm, in the world. I think we're so, um, in fact, I have a new book that's in publication right now and it's, um, a gentle finding, seeking a gentle and quiet spirit in a noisy world. And I really think that the noise of the world 
is so many times drowning God's voice Mm -hmm. because we're listening to social media. Mm -hmm. We're listening to TikTok. We're listening to Netflix. We're listening to, I don't know, you know, what all we have going on the radio and podcasts and all these things. And I have told so many people, you know, that home improvement podcast that you're listening to may be a good thing, but it might not be the best thing. Yeah. You know, because where is it focusing your heart? on improving your earthly home that it doesn't last forever. You know, so I think there's so much noise in the world and we are so prone to listening to the wrong voices. And when we do, we, we don't use what we've been given because we Mm -hmm. just have drowned out the voice of God and the Holy spirit. So how do you think that we can, you know, instead of centering the noise, how can we keep Christ at the focus while we use these gifts so they can be God honoring and yeah, totally focused on him. Yeah. And it, it comes down to a little thing. It comes down to keeping God's word and prayer at the forefront. Mm. You know, um, it's a habit. It's a habit. And throughout my life, it has changed. When, when I had small kids, my Bible study every day was in the evening because I never knew what time my kids were going to wake up. I was a stay at home mom for a while. <laughs> And so I didn't set an alarm because I might have a child getting up at 530. I might have a child getting up at 630. Praise God. If we made it to eight, like (laughs) that was rare, but you know, like I, to say, oh, I'm going to set my alarm for 430. So I get up before my kids that just didn't work for me. So I put my kids to bed religiously when they were young at like eight o'clock. And after that, I had my Bible study time for years in the evening. Well, guess what? Life changes when you have teens because teens come alive in the evening. That's when they Mm -hmm. want to talk. And 1030 is nothing. They will start conversations at 1030. They will, they will come down and wake you up from a dead sleep at 11 o'clock at night, because suddenly it occurred to them that they have a project due the next day. (laughs) By the way, do we have any poster boards somewhere in the house? So suddenly it became, this doesn't work for me to do Bible study in the evening because there's too much commotion. Now I have to get up in the morning. And now for the last like six months, I, I, instead of working in the evening for the last year, I've been working again outside the home and I had been working evening. Now I'm working day. Now I get up at 4am. Guess what? I'm not getting up at 3am to do Bible study. So now my Bible study is switching again. And so I think we have to be flexible as to where that Bible study comes in, if it's on your lunch break, if it's whatever, but it has to be a part of your day. Mm -hmm. If you want to be hearing the spirit, if you don't Mm -hmm. want to be, um, you know, putting out the flame, you have to be open to that voice. And that voice comes in the word. Mm -hmm. So you have to be getting the word in. And for me too, a lot of times when I'm on my way to work, I'm listening to the Bible. So, yep, my Bible study is not, you know, at a table. I'm listening to the Bible in my car and I'm letting God speak to me there. But man, if you're not in the word every day, and if you're not seeking a relationship through prayer, if you're not praying what's on your heart and asking God to do a good work in you and show you your gifts and how you can use them, you're missing out. And the noise of the world has taken over. Mm-hmm. That's so true. One of the things that I um, tell any mentees that I have, if they have a commute 
is to either listen to the Bible in your way or use that as a prayer moment where, and this is y'all, I look like a crazy person. I literally will hold my hand out and pretend like I'm holding Jesus's hand. Like he's in my passenger seat because it makes you physically present. You know, mm-hmm. like you're, you sometimes in prayer, you can kind of zone in and out, but if you have a physical reminder, like my hand is open for whatever he's putting in it, whether that's his hand, whether that's a lesson for the day, a blessing or whatever. And I literally sometimes look over to like talk to him and I'm like, Oh, literally that's news not there. <laughs> that's cool, I look like one of my person. darkest <laughs> moments. I did that. My father-in-law died very unexpectedly, like 17 years ago. And that night when I went to bed, there was a whole lot of other things. Like there was massive sickness in our family at the time. It was very unexpected. And I literally went to bed and held out my hand and mm. I just said, I'm here, God. That's yeah. all I could do. Like, I think that's beautiful that you do that. I think what, you know, that is a very tangible way to say, like you said, I'm holding my hand out to you and he yeah. always promises to be there for us. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Absolutely. when we come, he will never forsake us. He will never turn us away. Mm-hmm. So when we're coming like that, he is right there grabbing onto us. So that's beautiful. And it's just a little thing that has a little thing. such a big impact. It's a little thing. Yeah. I love it. I love everything. I love all the things that you've shared with us today. I'm like so excited to dive deeper into your podcast, little things, your book chosen for more. And where can we hang out with you online? Where can we learn more? Yeah. So, I mean, two places, timeofgrace.org. Um, then when you go to the podcast, they'll direct you. They have like six podcasts and they're all phenomenal. I listen to them all. Um, and then I also have my own website, amberlbswenson.com. And either of those will direct you to the books, the podcasts, everything that's going on in my life pretty much. So amazing. I love it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for hanging out with us today and just sharing so much wisdom, encouragement, all the things, all the, all the little things with a big impact. We really appreciate it. It was my pleasure. Thanks for inviting me. Hey, thanks so much for hanging out today. I pray that you're able to see yourself how the Lord sees you so you can hold your head a little higher and shine your confidence a little brighter. I would so appreciate if you would leave a review, subscribe, and share this with a friend. And of course, I want to stay connected with you. Find me on Instagram at Ainsley B. And my website is AinsleyBritton.com. See y'all later.